Hello, my name is Samuel George London, and welcome to Comics for the Apocalypse. On today's episode, I speak to comic book podcaster and super chill dude, Kurt Sasso, about what comics he would take into a super intelligent ape uprising apocalypse. But before we get into it, I'd like to give a quick shout out to our sponsor, Comic Scene, where you can read comic news and become part of a community of fellow comic lovers. To find out more, be sure to visit comicscene.org. On a side note, if you enjoy the show today, please leave a review for us on iTunes or whichever podcast service you use, as not only will it let me know that you liked it, but believe that it helps make other people aware of the show as well. Now, without further ado, on with the show. Hello, Kurt Sasso. How's it going? Doing good, Sam. How you doing? Yeah, pretty good. Um, it's been a nice day over here in the UK. I've, I've had my full day already. Um, met up with some friends at a, uh, a country park and uh, very, very nice. And uh, now back home and uh, waiting to uh, to get into another episode of Comics for the Apocalypse. Um, how's your day been so far? Well, I had to wake up really early to do an interview, actually, with a, a wonderful, talented a comic artist from South Africa, as well as Chuck Satterley from the United States. So it was an interesting, cool. uh, interesting 9 a.m. <laughs> Eastern uh, interview. So good times. <laughs> Lots of coffee. Oh, yeah, man. Too right. Too right. Cannot function without it. Um, now, um, you mentioned your podcast. And for those that haven't come across you just yet, and, you know, there are seemingly very few of those. Um, but uh, what, do you, what do you do in the world of comics? Well, for those that don't know anything about myself, I am the host and uh, all around single person that does everything on Two Geeks Talking, which is an entertainment industry interview show where we interview the creative people from the comic film tv movie and video game industries and it's been going on since 2008 with over a thousand plus interviews uh literally and it's been a wonderful transition from not only a podcast back in 2008 to 2012 to more transitioning into video interviews that i've been doing so far and i've had some amazing guests and wonderful talented people that are now working for marvel and dc among other places and just i love the stories that they tell and i'm I'm glad that the show is still going on too right man it's fantastic and i'm i'm very much looking forward to, to coming on the show later in the year um and uh yeah no it's uh it's it's fantastic and you know over a thousand episodes now that's crazy man yeah i uh, i don't know where the time's gone and i don't know where my sanity's gone but you know it's all good <laughs> yeah mine too mine too but I'm, I'm not quite there just yet we're at about 160 um but uh, i'll get there eventually one day well I'll, you know. I'll be there for your thousand just let me know <laughs> amazing that's great Kurt. appreciate that uh and then um where can people find you online the easiest way to find me is actually through uh two ways one is through our website which is tgtmedia.com or two geeks talking.com that's the word two not the number two and more uh up to date though is our youtube channel which is youtube.com forward slash c forward slash tgt media and uh you know it's you're going to find a lot of stuff of the newer content i'm slowly transitioning the older content over as well too and uh for our patreon uh subscribers which is patreon.com forward slash tgt media 
you're going to eventually find the uh, now non-existent podcast of the Two Geeks Talking or back when it was known as TGT Webcomics. So I'll be bringing that back sometime soon-ish. We'll see. Cool, man. And, and of course, all those links from the show notes, folks. So um, definitely go check out Kurt's podcast. Um, and uh, yeah, make sure that you subscribe. Um, and uh, yeah, no, that's, that's awesome. Uh, now, having said that, um, and I'm glad that you've had some coffee <laughs> because unfortunately, whilst we've been ta- chatting nicely away, there's been a super intelligent ape uprising. Oh, darn. That is not. I know. Good. You know, it's just, it's just one of those things. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. So my, my first question for you is what is your action plan for survival? Well, I, I think it depends on, on how our technology is and how our, you know, what, what type of weapons we have and everything like that. So I think for me, it would see, see if we could, you know, communicate first. And since they're super intelligent, obviously that's a thing, but if I could find a way to maybe infiltrate the uh, hierarchy of said apes, then I would do my best to subvert them from the inside if I could. Nice. That's the way to do it, isn't it? Um, definitely. Uh, get on the inside and then, yeah, try and try and work your way up. <laughs> definitely. Um, so, uh, yeah, over over the coming months, you managed to to get yourself to being, you know, like a drink server mm-hmm. to, to, to one of the higher echelons in this new super intelligent ape society. Um, and uh, this uh, super intelligent ape leader um is intrigued by human history um and uh finds out that that you used to be very into into what are called comic books mm-hmm. and um they they ask you what's the first comic you remember enjoying well the, the first comic i remember enjoying uh, supreme leader of said uh, apologists uh, that you are <laughs> would be a girl genius uh, which is a a comic created by phil and kaja folio who have been doing comics for over 40 plus years uh, and however many decades have passed since whenever they have sort of taken over. Um, it's, it was their style of, of art as well as their humor and their character interactions that really drew me to the stories and to uh, the amazing overall arcs of steampunk slash uh, gas punk, however they called their genre. So I, I really enjoyed that. Uh, style of comic when I first started reading. That's awesome. Um, and that's available at girlgenius.com. That's actually that, available at like... uh, girlgeniusonline.com. It's online. Still ongoing to this day after. Yeah, so this 45 years. 40 plus easily. Uh, it could be in 40 50 plus. 50 that's crazy. So, so before the internet, were they just like um printing this out by themselves or did they have a publisher or well, how did that work they first started back in well 70s and 80s with the um dragon uh D uh comics and everything like that and then they jumped into magic right. gathering and then they during cool. all of this time they started their own comic as well and they still do uh, that to this day and um just they have a very unique art style very colorful but uh, you can definitely tell their style compared to others it's it feels very uh late 80s uh 
style of mm. D&D comics. And it's just a really beautiful comic if you kind of get a chance to, to take a, a peruse of it. That's awesome. And is it just online now or do they, are there printed copies available? Yeah, you know? they, they still have, uh, you can purchase everything through their website, if I recall correctly. Um, you can find them at conventions sometimes if they still do that, but mainly you can find everything for free still online. Yeah. And if you want to support them, you can go through their website. Yes. That's fantastic. And how did you first come across them? It was through the D and D comics, you said, no, uh, but how, sorry, or... uh, apologies. Um, for me, it was, uh, I interviewed them on the show. Actually, I interviewed Phil specifically. Oh, and yeah. he was one of our first 10 uh, interviews on the show way back when, when it was still in podcast format. And mm-hmm. just his willingness to come on the show and, and talk about his art process and his, his style. And coming on a little show like TGT Webcomics at the time was just, uh, I, I didn't expect it to happen. It was kind of a shot in the dark and, he graced us with his presence uh, twice, actually, in two separate interviews. And I, I have to get him back on. It's something I've been trying to do for a while. That's awesome, man. That's great. Fantastic. Uh, now, um, moving on to our next question, um, our supreme leader <laughs> um, asks, what's the funniest comic that you've read? Well, the funniest comic I read, uh, there's, a, there's a lot, to be perfectly honest, but, it, you know, Ape Gun to My Head or whatever it is. Uh, I think it would be Looking for Group by Ryan Somer and Laura DeSouza, uh, which is lfgcomic.com. Uh, long-running series. It has action, it has sadness, uh, amazing character, uh, you know, intriguing characters. Story arcs abound. I mean, you you think you're following a band of brigands but you have a uh, an elf that has a hero complex you have a necromancer that just wants to kill everything you have um, a centaur and a orc uh, warrior that are trying to follow this lackluster hero and it's just a really a good time truly and i can always reread it and, and get a chuckle out of it that's fantastic um and again that's that's uh, available online mm-hmm for free as well isn't it um and what's that website address again lfgcomic.com uh but they also you can also find a lot of their other works it's not just lfg comic but um they've done lots of stuff on there isn't there yeah like uh, blind blind ferret is their their main website they they've done video games they've done campaigns they've done a bunch of amazing Mm. things that's awesome and how did you come across them Comic conventions for me, as well as reading yeah. online, I, I had a list of 4,000 some odd web comics uh, from a good friend of mine, Phil, back in the day. And he gave me this wow. list and they just happened to be part of it. And I was lucky enough to see him at Chicago's uh, C2E2 and their home base in Fan Expo Canada in Toronto and been good friends with them ever since. And uh, both are very talented. Ryan is more of the business side of things. He's the writer and Lara's an extremely talented uh, illustrator and cartoonist as well, too. And just very, very intriguing mm. and talented people. That's fantastic. And it is, it's funny, isn't it? Like when you do have a writer-artist duo, um, that it, it's usually the writer that is like the more business-minded <laughs> and 
the artist is like yeah just dedicated to the art of course um but uh yeah the, the, the writer's usually the one kind of like yeah push it pushing the business buttons yeah, they're uh yeah i could say they definitely have a good uh synergy working together for sure yes ryan is yeah. definitely the more business but but Lar has his own side things that he does and amazing yeah. art stream as well too on twitch and just just both totally awesome people oh that's great that's fantastic uh now uh switching gears a little bit and um, what's the saddest or most upsetting moment in a comic that you've read <laughs> i find it uh, kind of intriguing that i i didn't it didn't register that this was the flow initially when i was putting this all together but it would have <laughs> to be <laughs> yeah so I don't know if this is going to be put me out of favor with the apeologist uh, leader uh, that he is. Oh but, gosh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it would be uh, why the last man when Yorick had to put down his aging pet monkey and Persan in the final issue. That just that was just one of those tear jerking moments. That similar to Old Yeller and similar similar to Bambi's mom, you know that just really just really hits you. And you know, hopefully, I'm not thrown into ape prison after this. Yeah, right. <laughs> it's definitely it's going to be one of the books that they burn. I'd have thought, <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, no, um, yeah, no, very sad moment, obviously. Um, but uh, it's uh, kind of it's a fitting way to to finish that now, that series. Now, I guess I'm, really, I'm not going to say that uh, you know I would you know assert my uh, ape leaders in that same fashion, but you know if pushed into shove, I may have to. I'm just saying. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. It's a it's a handy bit of literature to to kind of send around your fellow humans for for the human uprising when it comes eventually. Resist, fellow humans. Read this instead. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Fantastic. Um, now switching gears once again. Uh, what's the scariest comic that you've read? Um, I, I think for me there was when I was reading this back in the the nineties, two thousands, whenever that range was. Uh, there was a series that was kind of like a one shot that was alien versus predator versus the Terminator. And, you know, being a young kid, um, nine, 10, whatever that was, uh, and, and finding that online and, and reading it and just like, not, you know, the, the terror of a black and white comic never really hit me until I kind of saw that because there was no color to distinguish what was blood or whatever was there. There was literally, just the action and the visceralness of, of all three of these, you know, you know, predators in, in a sense, not just because one is a predator, but they all were predators in one way, shape or form. Mm -hmm. And it was just one of those things where it was just like, uh, you know, the horror, the action, the, you know, the, the struggle of, of the prey they were going after. It was just, just kind of really scared the, the Holy Jesus out of me, you know? Yeah straight up and i mean i i haven't actually read read um aliens v v predator v, v the terminator but like just looking at the artwork it's pretty wild yeah um and uh yeah obviously they they fully committed to to everything that that could be <laughs> they uh yeah they definitely pushed the envelope when it came to that that style of, of art too and it was uh, i mean it was typical 90s 2000s art you know big characters yeah. over the top yeah. angles and just you know spines being torn out etc 
of course of course uh, that's fantastic um and i guess like the the, the pressing question is i mean we've, we've obviously had a alien versus predator movie mm-hmm. do you think there'd ever be an aliens v predator v the terminator movie do you think that's the next stage for the terminator I, yeah, <laughs> no, I, I think it would be interesting if they could pull that off but i think a lot of a lot of things would have to come into play. I mean, you'd have to have oh my gosh, every yeah. single studio and James Cameron on board to say, yeah, let's actually do this. Because even yeah. though they've done a great job with Prey, and I thought that was a, a, a really well done film, um, they really haven't had a good Terminator in a, in a while. And they really no, haven't exactly. had a good Alien in a while either. So. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, you know th- that that'd be the opportunity to maybe maybe throw Predator in the mix. Yeah, because um, I, I I know some some people think that uh, AVP like the first movie was a bit cliche and things like that. I actually kind of enjoyed it. I thought it was kind of cool. I thought it was good, but I also thought that Freddy versus Jason was a good film too. I really enjoyed that yeah. one. Like that was go. just enough campiness to be like, okay, this yeah. feels like the eighties. So you know, let's just yeah. enjoy it for a movie. Yeah, exactly, man. So, yeah, maybe that's like the next stage um, for for the Aliens and Terminator franchises. But I'm yet to watch Prey. Um, but good to hear that it is good. Yeah, because I, um, I, I, I really do want to watch it. Yeah, I, I did enjoy it. Sorry for stepping on you there. Um, no, no, no problem at all. That's great. Good to know. Oh, excellent. Uh, now, coming on to my favorite <laughs> question, um, and that is, what is your favorite cover? So. During this time of, of reading the AVP Terminator type stuff, I, I happened upon Witchblade as well. And those, a lot of people won't remember this, but there was a Witchblade TV series. And that's what actually got me into reading the comic because uh, I, I love the history of, you know, the Arthurian legends and, and all this. But it had just enough of a um, kind of like a parasitic element to it that really just intrigued me as to, you know, how is a, an object like the Witchblade travel through history? You know, I was into Highlander as well, too. So swords mm-hmm. and everything like that, that, you know, much, mo- most young people <laughs> are, for that matter, <laughs> back in that time. Uh, and so it was, I, I got to reading Witchblade and I got to actually see, like, a lot of the the comics in, in at comic conventions that was so popular then. And I got to pick up a few issues and, and really any of the um covers from that witchblade series and there's like there's like at least a hundred of them it feels like if not more um it was just the just the way they use the light and the shadows just the way that the the angles of of the different witchblade uh, characters you know had the had the symbiote around them etc it was just such an intriguing concept to me and i just i loved any of those types of covers they're really really beautiful yeah, they really are. I'm really badass um, too. I mean, like, come on, like, oh. yeah, totally. It's wicked. No, totally rad. Um, it is um, totally badass and and beautiful at the same time. So it's like you know, best of both worlds, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> excellent, excellent. Um, cool. So um, coming on um, to one of my my most intriguing questions, I guess. And and what comic do you repeatedly read the most? So one that's stayed in my lexicon of reading comics, especially online, because that's how I consume my comics. That's how I've always consumed my comics is uh, Dave Barrick's Girl Power. Now, if you've never read this comic, it is one of my most recommended ones because 
if you love humor, if you love action, if you love a bumbling, you know, character, female character that gets basically godlike powers and has no filter, this is the comic for you because it is a, a true epitome of how to be a strong female character and not be cliche. And it is, mm-hmm. is literally, it, it's just a bunch of superheroes that are trying to protect the world while fighting bad guys, but not in a cliche sense. I can't stress that enough. It is not cliche whatsoever. It is great story arcs, great action. Uh, you know, the fact that the character of Sydney has ADHD, but can have like eight, 9 million Scoville units worth of, you know, hot sauce and not feel anything whatsoever is just hilarious. And uh, I, I think anyone will enjoy this type of, of comic, which is at girlpowercomic.com, which is G-R-R-L powercomic.com. And it's a great archive because it is over, I think, a thousand plus comics now. Uh, wow. And it is worth going back to the beginning and reading through it because you see Dave's style, how it has evolved. You see how his dialogue has tightened up and become more hilarious and you see his action as well too and if he loves just strong female superheroes that just kick ass you know this is the way to do it that's awesome and i mean you've you've given it a lot of good points as to you know why you'd repeatedly read it but are there, are there any other reasons that you kind of you always go back to this i just think it's consistent it is uh, there's very few comics i go back to where I'll read through an entire archive. Um, I've done it maybe uh, five, six times that I can think of in my years of reading. And I feel that because it's consistency and humor are what I like, especially the humor, like, cause I'm just a warped individual in general, because when I, I just love Mel Brooks style of humor and, um, you know, Monty Python and things like that. I love dry humor, but I also love, you know, slapstick and and three stooges and stuff like that so i'm kind of like all over the place and this in comic form just kind of hits ticks all the boxes that i love (laughs) that's fantastic brilliant um and then uh moving on to kind of a you know slightly connected question uh what's the most meaningful comic to you i think for me and this is kind of one of his lesser known comics uh at least in in this day and age but it's still widely acclaimed uh, would be Jeff Lemire's Essex County. Now the, the segue to this would be uh, he basically grew up in my area. Uh, now have we crossed paths? No, but the fact that he, Essex County is mm-hmm. literally where we live, where I live and that he, a lot of his artworks reference things like mayflies, things like things in this area, the flatlands, the farmlands, the, the working class people, you know, the fact that he was able to create uh, everything that he's done from Essex County to his other amazing works, especially those that are on Netflix, you know, things along that line, like Sweet Tooth. Uh, I couldn't think of it for a second. Things like that, you know, are just uh, incredible to kind of have a, you know, I understand this comic because I lived here and, and I know what he was talking about and, and the struggles of the communities and the intriguing characters that he's put together. And I, I just really found it was a amazing, um, you know, journey to see someone go from, uh, you know, a, a talented comic artist to the level he is and what he continues to do. 
Yeah, no, that's that's amazing, and it does. It really hits home when somebody in you know that comes from where you grew up reaches those heights, and it just kind of it does make you think, you know, it anything is possible almost. Yeah. <laughs> you know, is that um, that it doesn't particularly in this day and age it doesn't really matter where you come from um, as long as you apply yourself again and again and again hopefully the right opportunities will arise and you just got to be prepared for those opportunities to take them exactly because uh, but it also comes back to hard work and polishing your craft and and being talented in you know finding your your own style and your own voice whether you're a writer an artist or both you know you, you find that if you're passionate about what you what you're doing and what you love then you know it's not a day of work it's just something that you enjoy and that fact that you're able to to do this as a as a comic artist or or a manga artist or a podcast host or whatever it may be you know <laughs> is just uh, amazing and you just got to keep at it something good will come by 100% man that's fantastic um now what do you think is the most underrated comic so I don't know if you've ever had any guests on that have referenced web comics or anything like that, but that that's what I grew up on. A fair few. Okay, good. so I'm not <laughs> yeah. I'm not the only. Damn, I thought I was going to be the the only one. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I saw, it's not our mainstay though, Kurt. So don't worry. Okay. You've 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 certainly solidified that for yourself. <laughs> uh, so I think the most underrated comic for me is uh, Dominic Deegan. Now this. This comic is no longer, I mean, it's online. Don't get me wrong. It's still online, which is Dominic-Deacon.com. And this was a a long-running comic um, that I really enjoyed. And when it finally finished, I mean, I think it was ongoing for at least 15 years or something like that. It was a very long-standing comic about a, a magical sage that, you know, traveled the world fighting, you know, fighting evil and falling in love and uh, the trials and tribulations of that. And he was just a, a simple human that had these powers. And it was just a, a really fun, interactive comic that was all in black and white. There was very little color, if any. And just Mookie did an amazing job uh, on, you know, showcasing pain, suffering, love, all these amazing emotions just in simple drawings that, you know, that just spoke to you as you, as you read it. And, and he's done some forwards afterwards and he's kind of occasionally updated uh, the, the afterward of the series, but it's few and far between. And it's one of those comics that you should just definitely uh, pick up. 100%. That's awesome. Um, and then if you could only take, one comic into the apocalypse which would it be uh it's going to be the sandman's collected anthology because there's too many books to do individual i want to get the omnibus of everything <laughs> um the, so you're seri- right. the series was well done i mean i'd love the netflix series I'm, I'm sure other people don't for some silly reason don't know why but it, it was just an amazing journey because once you read Sandman, you can easily slide into any of Neil Gaiman's other works and, and appreciate it even more because the art, the different art styles from the various artists that were 
part of that series because it wasn't just one artist, you know, from Jill Thompson to a bunch of others. It was just really unique to showcase a journey of these amazing characters, Death, Desire, Dream, obviously, um, and many others. And, and it's just one of those things that deserves a continuous read through, truly. Absolutely. But you'll you'll probably have to keep it secret from your ape, ape overlords. Um like keep it under your bed or something. Like that. Yeah, yeah. In a secret compartment probably. Even. Yeah. Three three knocks and the books appear, you know. Yeah, that sort of thing, you know, definitely. Um uh, that's fantastic. And then um in addition, uh what weapon, tool or useful item would you like to take with you as well? You know, I, I really struggled with this. Um but because I got to interview Max Brooks, who did the the Zed for Zombie uh, series, you know, when I talked with him, he mentioned using a sword. And, you know, I would have to agree with that because it was one of those things where you can use it. It can either be a uh, uh, like a machete or it can be a multi-tool of some kind. Um, and while deal, dealing with these apes, though, I would probably have to use guerrilla tactics just to make sure that I could survive, too. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, and any particular type of of sword? Cross between a probably a samurai uh, katana and um, yeah, and uh, and a machete, kind of like a mix of that would would work out well. Nice, yeah, a mashup. <laughs> I'd have to iron. I'd have Excellent, to iron fantastic. Well, happy. I- Oh yeah, definitely. You have to do like some some secret blacksmithing at night or something. Um, but uh, you'll 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 find a way. Where there's a will, there's a way. Definitely. Um, well, Kurt Sasso, uh, thank you so much for sharing your comics with the Apocalypse. It's been a real pleasure. It's been a pleasure having uh, you know speaking with you about this, uh, Sam. I I can't wait to have you on our show, and we'll see how you survive the introspective nature of your journey. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Can't wait. Um, and for the listeners, one more time, where can they find you online? You can, of course, find Two Geeks Talking in a variety of places, but the easiest way would be through our website, tgtmedia.com or twogeekstalking.com. Our YouTube channel, which is truly the easiest way to get a hold of us and see all of our amazing, talented works, which is youtube.com forward slash C forward slash tgtmedia. And uh, can't wait to. See you as a subscriber, if you haven't already. Fantastic. Well, thanks again, Kurt, and uh, I look forward to speaking with you again later in the year. Thanks, Sam. Have a great rest of your day. You too. Take care. Cheers. Bye. Thanks again to Kurt for being on Comics for the Apocalypse. It was an absolute pleasure. If you enjoyed the show, please leave a review for us on iTunes, Spotify, or whichever podcast service you use, as not only will let me know that you liked it, but believe that helps make other people aware of the show as well. If you'd like to check out Kurt's work or follow him on social media, those links are in the show notes, along with all our own links to the various areas of the internet. Speaking of which, if you hadn't already, be sure to visit Comic Scene's website at comicscene.org for comic news and other fun sequential art stuff. And finally... As long as the apocalypse doesn't come to pass in the near future, I'll see you next time. Bye for now.